Hey, this is Steve Olsher, and we've gone through the archives to find some of our favorite episodes from over the years of Reinvention Radio. We've been doing this a long time. As a matter of fact, we released our first episode of Reinvention Radio in 2009, and we've sat down with literally hundreds of people over the years, and we decided, you know what? Let's find some of our favorites, and we're going to re-release them as Reinvention Radio Classics. Hope you enjoy it. Love podcasts? You'll love Podcast Magazine, taking readers into the lives of today's leading podcasters and beyond the microphone of the shows fans love. Each month, Podcast Magazine's dedicated writers share personal interviews, industry happenings, exclusive categorical charts, and independent ratings and reviews of under-the-radar shows. If you listen to podcasts, subscribe now at podcastmagazine.com and grab a free lifetime subscription while you can. That's podcastmagazine.com. This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. It's a lovely day in the neighborhood, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. This is super cool. It's 10 o'clock, top of the hour here, and... um, Got a very, very special guest on today, so appreciate you guys uh, obviously joining us, and hopefully you know this man that uh, that we've got front and center there on your screen, either in, uh, in, in full mode there in live fashion or in, uh, in, in picture mode there uh, from the website. And by the way, if you haven't seen lewishouse.com, that's a really great site. Definitely recommend if, uh, if you're doing anything online, especially in the personal branding space. Uh, to make sure that you check out lewishouse.com. So this is uh, this is kind of a hybrid thing here because this is uh, we're doing this as a as a really sort of interesting special episode of Reinvention Radio, uh, but we're doing it as a live webinar. And yes. as you guys know, I uh, I do my radio show live, uh, but with Lewis's crazy schedule and uh, with his awesome book. Coming out the uh, the school of greatness, yeah, baby. Yes, uh, you know he's he's a busy man. So for us to be able to get uh, Lewis on today is just uh, a privilege, man. So yeah, and I appreciate I appreciate you doing both at the same time. Just cause I got like about four hundred interviews I'm doing over the next couple months, so yeah, it means a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so let, let's do this, man. Let's jump straight into it. I assume that most people do know who you are, but but give us the twenty eight seconds uh, of the Lewis House. Yeah, you know, I used to be, uh, my big dream in life was to be a pro athlete, and I achieved that dream, but it was short-lived. I, I got injured playing arena football. I broke my wrist, and uh, I was in a cast for about six months from, from my shoulder to my fingertips. And for about a year and a half, I was in this kind of, de- I wouldn't say depression, but down state where I was not sure what I wanted to do with my life, what was happening next. I was really bummed out and sad that I couldn't live my dream anymore. So I had to figure out what is a new dream that I want? What's the rest of my life going to look like? I'm 23 at the time. What am I going to do for the rest of my life? And I was sleeping on my sister's couch for a year and a half trying to figure it out. And I essentially said, okay, I'm going to make my life a sport. All I know is sports. So I'm going to use what I learned in athletics, the hard work, the teamwork, you know, finding great coaches and mentors, developing new skills as an as a individual and apply that into figuring out how to make money, figuring out how to be an entrepreneur. It took a while, man. I'm not going to lie. It took a couple years where I started making any money, and that was hustling early on. I did 20 events around the country, 
using LinkedIn to promote these live events, and I was just hustling and schlepping around books around the country and teaching people about LinkedIn and all these different things. And from there, I ended up uh, creating a, a big online education business where I, I sold uh, a number of online courses, and I sold that company to my business partner a few years back. And then I was in another transition where I was like, what is it I really want to do now? You know, I finally made the money. I got out of the slump. And what's the rest of my life look like now after I sold this company? And is it that was it what I really want to do? And I realized that I want to be constantly connecting with the most inspiring people in the world, learning what it means to be great, and then sharing that information with others. I didn't want to hold it to myself. I want to share it with others. And that's when the podcast came about about almost three years ago in January. And, uh, and now the book, and it continues to grow. So let me ask you this, man, because there's a lot of people that would love to connect with the influencers, a lot of people that would love to, and, and much better view, by the way. Thanks for showing yeah. us the bookcase. Appreciate that. There oh, and go. the jersey. What is the there jersey, man? Now that you brought the jersey into the picture, we have to at least <laughs> ask about it. What is it? The, jer the jersey is, uh, uh, I, I was the first American ever to play in the, the top uh, professional handball league in, uh, in Spain. Nice. Um, and Spain is the world champions uh, last year, so I went to go play over there because I thought maybe I'd go play a, a season professionally over there. But my business was just doing too much here in the States that I went for like two weeks. They offered me a contract. Uh, I turned it down, and then the uh, Spanish Federation gave me this gift as a thank you for coming over and playing. I got to play in a game. I scored a goal, and uh, it was just a cool experience. Yeah, nice, man. And... Um... And so, at at this point, you've uh, you've now been banned from re-entering the country. But you know, it's uh, it was great while it lasted, right? <laughs> it was amazing. It was actually crazy. I have like all these newspaper clippings back here, actually, because when I was there, the like all the Spanish businessmen found out that I was coming. And so I was literally in the newspaper every single day that this like American entrepreneur guru is coming to like save Spain. It was wow. hilarious. I got on like the CNN of Spain. I was on the radio shows. Uh, they were interviewing every day. They come to practice with camera crews and they'd interview me about business stuff afterwards because Spain had like 50% unemployment rate at the time and the economy wow. was horrible. And so they were just picking my brain about it. I did a talk at a big company there and had a translator like talk, talking for me. It was, it was kind of an experience. Nice, man. And so just kind of going back then to you want to connect with influencers. You had a yes. business thing going on. There's a lot of successful you know, business owners who want to transition into other arenas. I mean, that's what happens. You sell a business. You say, hey, let me, you know, let me try to do something else now. A lot of folks want to do what you are doing in terms of connecting with the influencers, in terms of you know trying to make a name for yourself with this podcast, and you know, and let's be real here, man. Podcasting has been around for a long time. I mean, long obviously, time. it's starting to get you know, more recognition, which is great. And once we get to the push button influence, in terms of being able to get into the car. You know, that's when everything is really going to turn the corner. Because as you know, I mean, media is moving hard from that, that push mentality where there's a certain number of people who control the media, what's produced, when it's produced, how it's distributed, to this whole pull you know, modality here of I want what I want when I want it, and exactly. so I'm going to go get it. So, But podcasting really did put you on the map for all intents and purposes in terms of taking your business to the next level. So yeah. take us back through some of those early conversations, man, where people were like, <laughs> Who's Lewis Howes? Yeah, I know you do a business thing, but you know I'm an A-lister. 
yeah. why would I come on? First of all, what's a podcast, right? That's probably right, what they're right. thinking to some extent. And then why would I come on with this guy? How did you overcome some of that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I had developed a lot of relationships in the sports world with athletes and also entrepreneurial world. When I was running my business, I was constantly going to events, speaking at conferences. You know, early on, I was known as the LinkedIn guy. So I was just getting my foot in the door to speak, but then I would meet the other keynote speakers and develop relationships with them after the events, like at 2 a.m. at the, you know, the bars or clubs or whatever where people would go out. And then I would just say, hey, I'm going to promote you, promote your books, things like that. <clears throat> Years prior to I started a podcast. So I was developing relationships and adding value to people before I actually wanted to have them on for anything. Mm -hmm. And before, before it made sense, I would just promote them anyways. And I think that's, that helped build the relationship and the credibility with, with them and the trust with influencers. So when I had a podcast, even though it was small and it was just starting out, I had, you know, 10 friends who were influencers who were New York Times bestselling authors, influencers, you know, Robert Greene, 48 Laws of Power, who's my first interview. But what I did, I did exactly what you're doing right now. I said, hey, let's do a webinar and sell your book because I've got an email list of about 150,000. We'll sell your new book called Mastery. We'll probably push 500 to 1,000 copies because we did that for Gary Vaynerchuk previously. And he was like, cool, let's do it. And I'd already had a relationship with him and already helped him before. So we did that, and I just took the audio and made that my first episode and edited it up. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was on my podcast, but he said he would, you know, since we did the webinar. And the more people you get on there, you know, you can build that credibility. Once you get the numbers, you can show these influencers, you know. Tom Brady, I'm supposed to be doing an interview with Tom Brady soon, actually, and nice. he never does interviews for ESPN, and his head marketing guy is a huge fan of the podcast, so we're scheduling one for me to go out to Boston to his house to record, uh, you know, in the next month or two, once this whole deflate gate passes by, so. Yeah, which it won't, but that's, uh, that's amazing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, and, uh, and, and yeah, just, uh, obviously, if he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews Probably he's not going to want to address that during the. Uh, we, that's <laughs> completely off limits. I'm not allowed to ask about that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, man. All right. So, but you know, you, I don't want to gloss over what was a pretty huge part of that sentence in that description there, which is my list of 150,000 people. Right. I yeah, mean, yeah. once you get to that point, you can pretty much get on the radar of just about anyone. Yeah. Take us back through how you built that list. I know you were doing a lot of things with LinkedIn and doing a lot of yeah. things with training, but that's a huge number, man. How, yeah. how did you go from zero to 150,000? It came down to two things. It came down to LinkedIn originally where I built my list from LinkedIn groups, uh, which was really powerful back in the day. Can you talk about that for a second? <laughs> yeah, I mean, think that still works. I think it definitely still works. You know, it's funny because I have these huge groups on LinkedIn still, and I haven't leveraged them in like a year. I haven't promoted to them at all just because I've moved on to other, you know, putting my energy in other places. And so every time I think about it, I'm always like, I got to go back to those groups. Um, but early on in LinkedIn, you know, you could create groups just like Facebook groups, but they were constantly promoting them for you to other people. If there were specific keywords and other and people's profiles, they would promote those groups to those profiles and it would be on the news feed every time you join a group it was like in your stream like your friend joined a group your friend joined this group join it now and so it was growing exponentially I mean I've got a couple groups with over a hundred thousand members in them now and back then back in 2009 you could export the email addresses into an email list from the groups just like you can your your own personal contacts on LinkedIn so it was a huge benefit so I could 
export that list and then promote webinars to them. And that's what I did. I do like a webinar once a week and I promote it to these groups. And I was creating local community groups like a LinkedIn business professionals for Cleveland, uh, St. Louis, Columbus, Chicago. So I was creating these uh, city groups and then I was hosting these live networking events at these cities, building relationships, getting more people on my email list and hustling. So I was building the groups for LinkedIn, doing webinars and then getting more people to opt in for these free webinars. And then I was finding affiliates to promote webinars for me. And that's the, all the way I built my list from affiliates and LinkedIn. And just, again, I, I want to make sure we cover, you know, because for you this is all second nature. But for a lot of people, you know, they're still just trying to figure all this stuff out. You know, I mean, look, me included, right? I mean, it's, all, it's always a learning game. So are you saying that you can no longer export the email addresses from the LinkedIn groups? from the groups, they stopped that years ago. And what they did is you can message the group once a week. So it's like every seven days. Literally, once you message it, it's seven days later, then you can message them again wow. from LinkedIn. But it'll go to their personal email, but it's like a templated email from LinkedIn. But you can still put links in there. It's like a new free newsletter. But essentially, yeah. you don't have to pay for email marketing then. So if you have a 150,000-person group, you can send that out once a week and pay zero money for it. Yeah, and I mean, let's just say hypothetically that people are part of a group, they have an email list uh, from that group, but they haven't gotten permission yet to put them like on a personal email list. Do, do you have a strategy to convert those people from sort of this broad list to basically say, yes, it's okay to send me email now personally? Any, any strategies yeah. around that? Are you talking about your LinkedIn connections or LinkedIn like, group? Yeah, any, anybody who is in, anyone that you have access to either through social media yeah. or maybe you're in a networking group together sure, or whatever, sure. but you have access to their name and email, but they haven't specifically mm -hmm. said, I am opting in, please sure. email me your shit. You know what I mean? So I think, it's like, any, yeah. any thoughts on that? I mean, I'm sure you do this as well, but I think you can... I think the best way is to send them an email saying, hey, if you're interested in this topic, here's a free guide, just opt in for it. If not, no worries, just unsubscribe and I won't send you an email anymore. So something like that where you're giving them something for free for a specific topic to add value to them. And uh, if they're not interested, they'll, they'll stop getting emails from you from there. Yeah, all right. Cool. Like so a, I've got like a, a one-time thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got some questions, obviously, I want to go through. But sure. uh, for you guys who are on live right now, really appreciate you being on. I know we had uh, a good chunk of folk registered for this, which was awesome. Again, this very special, weird sort of hybrid edition here of Reinvention Radio. Uh, but we don't have Lewis for a heck of a lot of time here today. So go ahead, and if you have mm -hmm. questions, just go ahead and pop them into the box, and I'm going to get to them. Uh, as I can as we go through here. So I'll intersperse my questions uh, with yours. So we're going to just keep it really interactive, keep it free-flowing. So if you have any questions for Lewis, uh, just go ahead and drop them in the box. I'll do the best that I can. And uh, Lewis, if you can keep an eye on the box as well sure. just as it goes through, you know, we'll, try to, we'll try to get to those as, uh, as we can. So let, let me ask you a question. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on with Periscope. There's a lot. Oh, and I noticed yeah. you took, uh, you took, you know, you, you went to that, you know, in sort of the embryonic stages there, man. So you jumped on that pretty quick. Um, what I wish I'd have gotten sooner. Oh, come on, man. You're like one of the first two or 300 broadcasters. <laughs> I wish I, I feel like, I feel like uh, I see a couple people on there who have like 300,000 followers. Who I'm like, who are these people? They're literally no ones. They're yeah, like, well. Zero. Their mother they, they got in the first week. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, they have they they're they're somebody now. But literally two months ago, they just got on Periscope early and did it every day, and it blew them up. And now they have this huge following, 
with incredible engagement. And I'm like, wow. So I'm kind of like two or three months behind, but I'm still growing and I'm seeing, the cool thing about it is Periscope is blowing up for me. And you know, I'm only getting like 12 or 1300 people on a time when I do it, but that's in like three minutes, I'll have 1200 people show up live. Dude, depending that's insane. On the, depending that's on the time insane. of day. And I'm doing like a, uh, a 10 minute, you know, informational Periscope session. But at the end, I am having a call to action for people to buy my book. And I'm getting book sales every single day through it consistently. People are sharing it, promoting it. Um, you know, I'm having them send me their receipts so I can see it on Twitter. And I'm seeing it right after the broadcast, all these receipts coming in. Wow. So it's working. You know, I did another thing. Periscope, if you want to make money, if you're really trying to figure out a way to leverage an audience to bring in business, Periscope is a great way to get coaching clients. I have seen so many people give a coaching session, like essentially for free for the audience, and then say, hey guys, for the next, for the first three people that email me, I'll give you a 15 minute strategy call for free if you enjoyed this topic. They're wow. getting people in through strategy sessions, uh, and then obviously upselling them for ongoing coaching after that. So for people who are struggling and making money right now, and you're, you're saying it's hard to get clients, it's such an easy way to engage in that community to offer value and get some, you know, some profits in return. I did, my brother's a, a jazz violinist. He's the number one jazz violinist in the world, and he was here a couple weeks ago. And we were up late night just, like, hanging out, and I said, let's put this on Periscope, and let's, like, have you play and see what happens. And we only had, like, maybe 50 or 60 people on because it was, like, 1230 at night. But I said at the end, like, after 20 minutes of us playing, people were like, this is insane. I go, oh. And my brother's like, okay, I think this is the last song. I'm getting tired. And uh, I go, if you guys want him to keep playing, I'm going to create an online tip jar. So my PayPal account, here's my email, $25, he will play any song you want for 25 really? bucks. <laughs> and there was only like, again, 40 or 50 people on. We made 125 bucks in the next nice. like 10 minutes from a tip jar. And it was just like a random last-minute thing like, hey, let's try this out. But imagine if you did this consistently. It's a, it's a great way to bring in business. Yeah, awesome. And just for those that, uh, that are asking, so uh, the name of the book that Lewis is putting out here, which um, appropriately titled enough is The School of Greatness, you know, yes. because, uh, you know, let's just keep it simple. That's, uh, we're branding right now, right, man? <laughs> exactly, so, exactly, man. Yeah. All good. How, uh, you know, really it's a real-world guide to living bigger, loving deeper, and leaving a legacy. So this is Lewis yes. Howes. New book, and this is hitting in November officially. Is that still correct? October, 20, October 27th, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice, man. Awesome. And so it's available for pre-order right now. Is that correct? You can get a pre-order right now. If you go to uh, greatnessbook.com, there's links for any site you want to get it at, Amazon and Barnes & Noble, greatnessbook.com. Awesome. Yeah. Greatness and one of the cool things, uh, I don't know if you're, you wanted to ask me a different question, but I want to make a point about this as I'm just kind of feeling this is kind of free-flowing and we're going with totally. it. Uh, the book cover I want to talk about branding for a second if you want to just look at the cover you know you notice there's a couple things that I did here one I have my name big there on the top and this is it'll be tweaked a little bit because um, this is a galley copy so it'll be a little bit spaced differently and things like that the second thing is I have my logo on the cover that's pretty close to the my podcast logo so I'm creating that brand recognition and then number three I've got a full essentially body photo of myself on there and part of me was was like, okay, I want to remove my my ego from this. I want to remove myself from this and not have my photo on there and just have a, a sleek, simple, clean design. But then I asked 
some author friends, uh, and I talked to my buddy Adam Braun, who's a New York Times bestselling author as well, and he said, you know, you've got to put your cover on the photo. I don't care how much you think it's like too ego-driven, and he's a very introverted guy, and he didn't want his photo on his cover, but he said, it's been a game-changer for my brand, for my business, for my speaking. People see me, and they come up to me on the street because they recognize me from my book cover, and it's such a game-changer. He's like, you have to have it on your cover. I don't care what you think. So um, I just want to give food for thought for those who are interested in doing a book. Maybe it doesn't make sense based on a specific topic you're doing um, for your book. It may not make sense to have your photo on there, but if you're telling your story a lot more, if you're, you know, if it's about you at all, then I highly recommend putting your your face somewhere on the cover. And I actually put my face on the spine as well. Um, so I have a little smaller picture. You won't see it on this one, Steve, but the final draft, there's a photo in the middle there with my face, you know, a smiling face right in the middle. And it's going to be somewhere in the name or like right, Yeah, right, right around the G of greatness. You'll see like a little thumbnail, probably like the size of a quarter. And so it's tiny, but the thing is, if you're on a bookshelf and you're scanning and just looking at books, there's not many books that have a face on the side of the spine. So... In some ways, I was like, maybe this looks a little cheesy, like to have my face on there. It's maybe not the classic way. It's not like the Malcolm Gladwell way of this incredible book, uh, you know, literature. It's not what they would do. But I was like, if one person is looking at a bookstore and looking for a book on how to get to the next level and how to improve their life in any way, and they scan the bookshelf, and then they see a picture that just makes them say, oh, let me just pull this out and then look farther – and they end up buying it, reading it, and it changed their life in any way. I was like, that'll be worth having it on the spine. So, and let's let's be real here, man. I mean, look, you. Uh, how old are you now, Lewis? Thirty-two. Thirty-two, right? So, I mean, in the scheme of things, there there's a lot. There's the old guard, man. I mean, let's yes. be real, right? I mean, you got the personal development sort of old guard, you know, kind of teachers and whatnot. And you know, I mean, God love them. They blaze the trail for you know for all of yeah. us. But. You're a good-looking dude, man, and nice. you're a young dude, and so that's going to hit a certain demographic. Right. And if you're scanning books, you know, on the shelf, and all you're seeing is the spine, that's a really, really good strategy. Because right. uh, I mean, look, I love Jack. You know, Jack Campbell is great, but mm -hmm. you know, if you got a picture of Jack next to a picture of Lewis, and you're in the, you know, in sort of the millennial demographic, there, you're going to grab Lewis's book, right? Right, right, right. So you just got to be aware of of who you are and play to your strengths. And exactly. You know, and I think Adam's point was really well taken. Yeah. Is and you know, but you're not a shy guy. I mean, I know you've you know kind of evolved over the years, but still, sure. I mean, you're you're all about branding, man, which is super exactly super smart. I'm all about branding, but I'm also you know I want to make sure I'm I'm not being like too over the top, and I'm not being like ego driven. So I you know. I had a lot of other covers where I was like, show me covers where there's my photos not on there because that was like a, a big thing for me. I didn't want it to be all about me and like putting my face everywhere, but it just makes sense because people connect with faces more than they connect with, you know, just text. It's more captivating. It's more interesting to pull people in. So I had to look at it at that point of view and just kind of be like, okay, well, hopefully the photo comes across as authentic as opposed to this sleazy photo or something um, and that's why we chose the photo we did to make it as real and authentic as possible yeah and if you guys see me leaning towards the computer and typing this is live and yes this is live right now this is not a recording although if it's a recording then it's not live <laughs> so you have to decipher but I will tell you that uh, as of this moment it is live so if you're typing in the box we can definitely answer your questions yes. uh, and so greatnessbook.com 
uh, is the URL. Uh, Kevin, glad you got the speakers working. Awesome on that. And uh, there are no slides. There are no handouts. I mean, we're just spitballing here, shooting the shit. So if you've got you know, questions and anything that you want to ask, this is a really rare opportunity uh, to, I mean, if you don't know Lewis Howes, the School of Greatness is his podcast. Um, 850,000 odd downloads still per month. Is it is yeah. still around those numbers? Yep, that's right. Yeah, awesome. And this will start, um, I, you know, Lewis, I'm not sure if you're going to use this or not, but this will definitely uh, be available on Reinvention Radio, which is, yeah. uh, which is my podcast. And, I'll, share uh, it out for, I'll share it out everywhere for sure. Sweet, man. Appreciate that. And yeah, we, uh, and, and following a lot of what you did, man, you know, we blew it out of the water, man. So really appreciate the, um, yeah. you know, the advice and really appreciate just the, you know, the, the willingness to share as much as you do because sure. it helped propel us to, to number one in, in two of our three categories and yeah. number two in a third with that fucker MF CEO guy. <laughs> um, you know, just, I don't know who this guy is, but he blew up everywhere. But anyway, so yeah. you know, followed a lot of those strategies, which how was long, awesome. Okay, so, how long has your uh, radio show been out? Well, it started as a terrestrial radio show uh, back in 2009, 2010. I shelved it, uh, mm-hmm. and then relaunched it as a live radio show that we then repurposed into the oh, podcast. Actually. So we yeah, just yeah. started uh, about uh, about two months, ago, beginning of July. And for re- people, and for people listening live or watching, how? How beneficial has the radio show slash podcast been for you over the years? What's it done for your business and brand? Yeah, you know what, man? It's like, let me back up for a second to answer that question, which is in the same way that sports are kind of second nature for you, and if you could you know, get paid, and you did get paid, and you still get paid to do sports right. for a living, that's not work. You know what I mean? It's just something you right. absolutely love. It's in your blood. It's in your DNA. For me... Radio has always kind of been the holy grail, right? I mean, it's uh-huh. just like if it, my goal is to get reinvention radio syndicated, to get it going coast to coast to wherever. Uh, someone once uh, referred to me recently as the Howard Stern of personal development. Uh, uh, nice. That was kind of interesting, but That's um, great. That's but great. you know, I mean, that that to me is the holy grail, right? So it's definitely a consistent part of the brand. And if you listen to the show, you know, if we're hanging out and we're just chit chatting, you know and we're at a bar, whatever, you know, just whatever, man. You, what you get with me in person is what you're going to get with me on the show. Yeah, very real, and, very real to who you are, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and that to me is, and, and obviously you're following, you know, I'm pointing at your book, and you can't see the book if I don't hold <laughs> it up. Uh, but, I mean, that's one of the most important takeaways that I hope you guys get out of this, you know, is don't be something you're not, whether it's in print for books or whether it's, you know, you want to do something online, whether you want to do something when you go speak, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, so the answer to the question is, yeah, I mean, it's definitely helped open doors. Now I do it for the love of doing radio. It's definitely open, open up some doors though as well. So that's great. Very cool. You know, for you, it's a little bit different, I think, because you had a big business, you uh-huh. sold it, then you got back into this game, and now it's taken your business to a whole other level. Yeah, it's nuts. So, I mean, I had no clue when I started the podcast. You know, I did it as like a fun hobby to connect. I, I really did it because Pat Flynn and Derek Halpern were like, you know, podcast is driving a lot of traffic for me to my website, and it's giving me a lot of leads right now. And I was like, okay, let me, I'm going to restart a business so let me start something where I can get a lot of traffic and leads. That was like the original thought. And then people were just like, 
this is changing my life. I just lost 70 pounds in the last three months after listening to this one episode. You know, I just ended a relationship that's been toxic. I've been doing this, this, this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So people were just writing these long stories. I was like, man, this is there's something here. Let me put actually a little more time and energy into this as opposed to just a once a week side thing. Let yeah. me make this more of like a, a full-time thing that our team invests in to uh, increase the quality, create courses and, and products around and really develop a brand around this this topic, and um, and then my you know this book agent Tim Ferriss's book agent reached out to me and said I see what you're doing I think it's time we do a book together mm. you know he approached me and I was like okay cool let's do it and then we put together this proposal and publishers were just like going crazy for it you know every interview I did with these these uh, publishers they were all like we want this book we want it we want it. And eventually, you know, it brought me a, a multiple, yeah. multiple six-figure. And you've been and you've been pretty open about that because I know you've shared that. And and so for those who want to aspire to get to that level, right? Those who aspire to yeah. make a living sharing their mission, their message, you know, with the masses, throw that number out again, man. Because I know you've shared that publicly. Do you mind sharing it? The advanced number? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well. Well, it's like multiple six figures because, uh, yeah, I still haven't, I still haven't announced it. Yeah, yeah. Between, let's say between three hundred and a million. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So, I mean, we're talking real money here, and you, you know, the God's honest truth is when you look at the book, which is really, you know, it's it's quite good, but when you come right down to it, it's a repurposing. To some extent of existing content. Of course, I mean right? everything. Everything is, in a sense, you know, everything's repurposing of existing contents. Every book is a repurpose of existing contents, just uh, paraphrased or packaged in a different way or told in a different story. Uh, so the book, you know, there's eight different pr uh, principles of greatness that I boiled down to from all the guests I've interviewed. And essentially, there's nothing new in the book that hasn't already been said or that you haven't already heard. You know, there's really no book that you haven't heard already, all the information that's in there, or you don't have access to. What we did is we package it and tell it in an inspiring way, and then I created exercises at the end that I haven't given on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So at the end of each chapter, there's exercises that I've used my entire life to get to where I'm at, from the sports world to relationships to business to everything else in between to my health. And these exercises, I feel like, are really kind of what's missing from the secret. You know, the secret's a, a powerful, huge phenomenon, but it's all inspiration and theory and zero action, right? It's, it's zero, like, examples of how to take action. This is that plus here is the proven steps that I've taken that other people have taken to get results. Use these steps as tools to get to the next level. So that's why I think it's going to be powerful. Yeah, and it speaks to the power of content creation, right? Yes. I mean, because ultimately, uh, one of my private clients had something, he said something that I'll never forget, and I, and I use this, you know, with other clients, and you'll probably appreciate this uh, as well, but what he, what he said, his name is Dr. James Foster, and what, what James said is, you know, first you get it out, then you get it right, mm -hmm. then you get it right all the time, yeah. and, then you teach, and then you teach it to others. So mm. get it out. Get it right, get it right all the time, and then teach it to others. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I agree with that. To the power of content, man, you know, because ultimately you get it out, eventually you'll get it right, then you'll get it right all the time, and then you can teach it to others, which is exactly what you're doing 
Right. If you follow your career here, man. I mean, and it's just, it, and it speaks to the power of saying, hey, I've got something to share. It may yeah. not be the most polished, you know, presentation in the whole wide world. I mean, you've yeah. admitted. I haven't been polished, that's for sure. For years, man, I was, I was you know, early on in my, my first business with creating online courses and doing the webinars, the webinars were never polished, and they were still working. And the courses were never the way I wanted them to look and be 100%, but they were effective, and they got people results. And, you know, the podcast, when I launched it, I remember doing, you know, for those watching live, I did, you know, a couple episodes on my iPhone with, like, big names because I didn't have, like, the fancy equipment yet. And I was just like, hey, can we do something really quick? I remember Bob uh, Harper, who is on The Biggest Loser, um, we worked out at the same gym together doing CrossFit, and I'd done a bunch of sessions with him, became friends with him from, from the gym, and I was just like, hey, man, do you have 20 minutes where I can sit down with you and record? Because he's got a huge audience, you know? He's multiple New York Times bestselling author. And so I literally was in the office right next to the gym. People were coming in and out of the door. Like, you could hear the weight slamming from the next room, and there's interruptions, but the content was good. And I put it up there. I edited it the best I could, but you can still hear everything, and it's one of the first episodes. Yeah. And I continue to get it, you know, continue to get it right, and then try to make it right all the time is all I've been trying to do and, and, and improve yeah. it. But most and people don't ever launch it because it's never right when they launch it. And so they yeah. wait for 6 to 12 months, and then they never do anything. Yeah, and when you come right down to it, I mean, you've made a shit ton of money just through GoToWebinar, right? That's I mean, which is yeah. this tool that's been around for years. It hasn't gotten fancier. It hasn't gotten any better. It's the same thing, but it works. Same thing. Same thing. I mean, the only thing they've added is this split-screen video, which is actually pretty nice. A few yeah. years ago, they didn't have the, the streaming quality with it yet, but now it's actually pretty pretty good. And, you know, there's a new webinar platform every week that comes out with different plugins and features and this and that. And I know a lot of guys, friends of mine, who have these webinar uh, softwares that swear by them, but for me, this has been so consistently effective. There's no crazy bells and whistles, but it works, and so I stick with what works. Yeah, man. So let, let's talk about what works. Uh, after the break, sure. huh? Have some fun. All right, right back with Reinvention Radio and right after this. One person has the power to change the world, impact millions of lives, and leave a legacy for lifetimes to come. That person is you. In the New York Times bestseller, What is Your What? Steve Ulcher, award-winning author and founder of the Reinvention Workshop, reveals his proven process that has helped thousands of men and women discover, share, and monetize the one thing they were born to do. Grab your free copy now at www.whatisyourwhat.com slash free. That's www.whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. And now, back to Reinvention Radio with your host, Steve Olsher. Yeah, man. We definitely have some questions coming in. I know we talked about Periscope Bree. Uh, who obviously thinks you're a very sexy man. Um, you know, you. is asking what the bang for the buck is right now through social media. And then, uh, you know, uh, there's another question about LinkedIn in terms of, you know, how you might use LinkedIn now to build your sure. list. Let, let's talk about that because we talked about Periscope. But yeah. let's talk about what the other social media platforms are that you swear by right now in terms of ROI. 
I mean, ROI, hands down, 100%, this is what's working for me, is Facebook ads to automated webinars. Uh, not only is it working in a financial sense, but it's working in a freedom sense. So I did probably close to, a, I can't even remember how many webinars I've done live over the last seven years now, but close to a thousand, it has to be, over the last seven years. And it's, it's fun, and it's exciting, but it's also, you've got to show up, and it can be exhausting if you're doing a lot of them. They're very profitable, but if you do two or three a week, it's hard to get anything else done, because you've got to prepare, you've got to be on, you're speaking for an hour and a half, you lose your voice, you know, you've got to recharge. It's, it's time and energy. And with Facebook ads right now, it may not work in the future. It's been working all year for me from running Facebook ads. We're running about $750 to $1,000 a day spending on Facebook ads. And I'm not sure how many leads we're generating each day, but we're seeing about a 3 to 4x return daily. Some days it breaks even. Some days, you know, we'll lose a little bit of money. But on average, it's about a 3 to 4x return on that investment every single day and it's almost every single day we see the numbers they fluctuate a little bit uh, so running Facebook ads now it's challenging and I'll tell you exactly what we do we do Facebook ads to stealth seminar where you can have an automated webinar we run four webinars a day through stealthseminar.com and also allow people to watch on demand right then so if they just got to the sign up page they can sign up for four times today or tomorrow or they can say, you want to watch this right now? Click to watch live right now. That's the option we give them. Then at the end, we do about a 90-minute free presentation. At the end, we offer one of our $1,000 programs. And that's all we do. That's literally yeah. it. We do a keep it simple. There's not, we don't even have an upsell or downsell. Like if we did, we'd probably make even more money. right? There's so many things I'm not doing that I should be doing, but it still works. And that's the biggest bang for the buck. Everything else is great for branding and and you know, being in front of people, you know, Periscope is great for building my audience and creating connection and people buying some books. But even then, it's not converting sales ROI-wise like Facebook ads to automated webinars, not even close. Can you give us uh, just kind of a, a general understanding of how much money you're throwing into Facebook ads? What does it take? I mean, about 30 grand a month right now. Um, Are you really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, close to like 750 to 1,000 bucks a day, depending on, you know, what we're running in campaigns. But, yeah, and then I'm spending 7,500 bucks a month uh, for, you know, a Facebook ad team that's running all the ads, who you know, Gary, yeah. uh, who, who spoke at your event. And so that's not cheap. So did you, uh, by the way, did you meet Gary at the event and then you hired him? We talked uh, a few weeks prior. Mastin Kip introduced us, but then he was like, oh, I'll be at Steve's event. Let's connect there. So Good. I just want to like, know okay. when I go to talk to Gary next how much I should ask for. That's yeah, you should, you should get, tell him to write you a check, commission check. Because <laughs> yeah. the connection, yeah, actually the follow-through was then. When I met him then, I was like, okay, let's do this because I was unsure until then. So yeah, should, yeah. you should tell him that. Um, I will, absolutely. I'll just send you a like, gift or some like steaks or something. from. <laughs> no, Gary, it won't be much. I'll get, I'll get like one wrong. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about how to get featured on bigger sites, on bigger yes. blogs, and bigger platforms than your own. Because obviously, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, all of us want to. I mean, like, you know, I've been pressing you to get on, you know, the fucking school of greatness, man. It's like, what does a brother got to do to get on? You know, so it's obviously, exactly. but that's at another level, man. And you know, I, that's in the level I want to play at. Sure, and sure. there are people who want to play on my level, et cetera. So I mean, there's always yeah, somebody yeah. in front of you. There's always somebody behind you. Right. Let's say you want to play that game where you're jumping the ladder a little bit. 
Yeah. Give me some insight on, you know, how do you get featured on some of those bigger sites, you know, those blogs and those platforms? You know, it all comes down to relationships is what I'm going to say. It's probably not the sexy answer you want to hear, but it comes down to relationships. And I've been hustling for years, building, adding value to key journalists and writers for these main sites. I go to these conferences and I meet them. I take them out to dinner. I add value to them. I research about people a lot. I find out so much about them to find mutual ways to connect. And I think this was one of my assets or my skill sets is researching people, figuring out who they know and how I know their friends and finding those common threads so that when I'm connecting with them in person for the first time, it's like we've been friends forever. And that, we that's will, a good way to leverage LinkedIn, isn't it? Because it'll show you who's connected way. to who. Show you who's connected to who. It shows you where they went to school, their hobbies, their interests. So there's always ways to connect and learn about it. And you know, now I write for Yahoo.com on a weekly basis. They they distribute my podcast, and sometimes it gets featured on the homepage, so it gets a ton of traffic there. I write weekly for Entrepreneur.com. My podcast gets featured there. AskMen.com, EliteDaily.com. Um, about to be mindbodygreen.com. We're, we're picking up more sites constantly. But it's just like I started with one site, entrepreneur.com, where I built the relationship for a year. I would send a tweet and a Facebook message with an image of the publisher's note to Amy Cosper, who's the publisher over at, uh, or the editor-in-chief over at Entrepreneur Magazine for a year. I would tweet her and send her a message on Facebook telling her what I thought about the, the, the letter that she wrote to readers for that month, and I sent her an image of me holding the magazine, looking at her, her, her column. And every month, she would get a message from me for a year. So eventually, she was like, "Thank you so much," you know. And I asked her, you know, I'd love to learn about writing for the website because I see you have contributing writers, and some of them I know. Is there a way I can talk about these three topics? And she said, "Let me connect you with someone over at the team there." and take it away. And that's wow. about two and a, two and a half year relationship where I've written every week for two and a half years. And um, you know, now I'm friends with the CEO of the company and he wants me to do more stuff. I've done webinars for the whole entrepreneur.com. So it's literally just like doing the work, building the relationships, adding value to those key people that can support you and not asking up front right away but adding value first. And it may take a year until those things happen, but I'm in it for the long haul, not the sprint. And then you can leverage it from there. You know, my friend who worked at, uh, who was the editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine, she got the new job as the editor-in-chief of Women's, or excuse me, YahooHealth.com. And I was like, listen, I know you're going to be looking for great content. I've got this podcast. Let me distribute it on Yahoo. And she said, absolutely. So I was the first wow. contributing podcaster on Yahoo. Interesting. So it, it, let me, for those who are maybe a little bit unclear on exactly what, because I know there's a lot of people who have the concern about like, am I going to be, am I bothering them? You know, am I, am I intruding? You know, am I being a stalker? So for those who have sort of that, that question about being a borderline stalker versus being a borderline like admirer, how, how do you walk that tightrope? Mm. Like, <laughs> I mean, like what do people question. do to piss you off, man? Because I know like people come to you all the time. How do people get your attention? How do people get Lewis Howe's attention where you're like, damn, this is somebody I might want to work with versus this is a fucking stalker, man. I need to just yeah. like ban this guy from, from being on my, you know, on my feet. 
I mean, they, it's figuring out what they want and they need right now. So looking at where they're at in their business, looking at the thing that they're promoting the most. I mean, you did a great job. It's why we're doing this right now. It's because you're like, hey, I love your stuff. I want you to come speak. And uh, I'm going to buy some books for you when you come speak. Because I was like, this is the thing I want the most right now. This is all I care about. So if we can figure out a way to make that work, like I'll do it. Whatever you need, I will do it. So it's and, the Dr. Phil currency thing then, basically. <laughs> what's, what's the currency of the moment to the yeah. person? Exactly. I mean, Tony. That's how I got Tony Robbins on my podcast. In 20 years, or what is it? 10 years, he hasn't written a book or something, and he decides to write a book. And no way would I ever get an interview with him before then, um, or in the last decade. But since he's doing a book, I was like, I got in touch with the person who's doing his book marketing. I said, Listen, I'm going to promote the crap out of this. All he needs is an hour. Can we make it happen? And it took a month of figuring out the schedule and this and that, and changing flights to go there and do it. But I made it happen because there's timing. So a lot of it's timing. Like Tim Ferriss, right now you're probably not going to get an interview with him, even if you have a huge blog, because he doesn't want to promote anything right now. He's like in chill mode. He's, you know, sitting on his Uber stock, all that stuff. And <laughs> um, but four months ago, when he has TV show coming out online, he was promoting it, and he would have done anything. So a lot of it's timing. A lot of it's you know, making sure you're being patient and uh, staying on track. You know, for me, it's like a dance. You know, once a month, I'd send a little note. But it wasn't every day. So the people that work with me, like another guy who's got a clothing line, a really cool clothing line, who, who's like, I want to sponsor your show, and I want to buy books because I know that's the main thing that's important to you. He's like sending me all this gear. He's like, I want to sponsor your book tour with, to outfit you with free gear and sponsor your show and buy books. Can we connect? And I was like, yeah, let's have like – we'll do like a 30-minute talk so I can learn more. And that's the way to like my heart right now, you know. And to anyone's heart, you got to figure out what they want and speak to that. Yeah, no, really, really great advice. Uh, and for those who may have missed it earlier, keeping this very interactive, this is kind of continuous Q and A. So if you've got something you want to ask Lewis, you know, I, I'm not sure how much time he's going to give us here. He's a very busy dude, and we're coming up on you know about 45 minutes. I don't want to draw your attention to the clock, my man, but you know that's about yeah. where we are here. So you know, if you yeah. have questions, I think about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. There we go. All right. So uh, one of the questions that came in is, <clears throat> speaking of webinars, what do you find the ideal length to be? I know yeah. you mentioned 90 minutes. Is is that about the where you want you suggest people put it? I like 90 minutes with a live webinar. I think about 75 for an automated webinar has been a sweet spot for me and my audience and my topics right now. Uh, but I've seen people do two and a half hour webinars that do extremely well also because those that are really interested will stay on to get all the content at the end and, and, and stick around. Uh, so it's almost like the harder you make it for people, you know that the people around at the end are that more, much more interested as opposed to like, let's do a 30 to 45 minute thing because I want to make sure I'm, you know, not being too long for people, they may not want to buy anyways. Um, they're looking just for the quick info and they're going to leave. So you got to kind of test it, but I kind of like the 90-minute sweet spot for live and 75 for automated. Yeah, nice. And so you talked about creating content, like a lot of content. Are yeah. you, I mean, look, man, with Entrepreneur you know, and Yahoo, and I'm like all these different places where you're distributing your content. A lot of that's obviously written word stuff. I mean, you've got your podcast, yeah. which is like, and by the way, one of the things that I do want to make sure folks hear, and, you know, uh, Lewis mentioned, you know, early on he just used his, you know, his iPhone to do some stuff. Aisha Tyler, she does everything on an iPad mini, like really? everything on an iPad mini. Wow. And 15 million downloads later. You know what I mean? So it's like she wow. just sits there, puts her iPad mini down. 
She does all the editing. Who is this? Aisha Tyler, girl on guy. Oh, is this a podcast? It is, yeah. She, oh. I, you'd, you'd know Aisha if you saw her. She's like on okay. The View. She's on, I mean, she does all, she's does she been on MTV forever, and you, you'd know her if you saw her. But I, um, girl I, on I, guy. Girl on and, guy, I'm going to uh, look this up. Vic, 15 million, uh, you know, 15 million uh, downloads later, all with a mini iPad. So, you know, technology is not the barrier to entry here. Mentality is, right? So gotcha. what, what you got to, uh, exactly. Yep, girl on guy, you got it. So, what, so one of the questions that I have, though, is we're doing an interview. It's, you know, push, record, edit, go. To write an article that can take a lot of time and then yeah. like do you do unique articles for all of those different publications <clears throat> how are you handling that so you know, I've got a great team and Christine who's recording right now and I've got uh, Asia on my team and my, my sister Heidi is a writer for me as well so what we do is we take the podcast feed and then we kind of uh, do an intro and an outro and put the feed in the middle it's kind of like telling a story of what you're going to learn and it's like a shorter article, but it's essentially what we were already using on my main site, tweaking it up a little bit and then distributing it out. Some of the times we're writing um, original articles, but I get paid for those. So my team and I will flesh out ideas with headlines and bullet points, and then they'll flesh them out. Uh, but the ones with the podcast, I've kind of worked to deal with these sites where like, I'm like, hey, don't pay me. Just let me post the podcast up here to get, more, to get more traffic. Yeah, so, um, but the any original articles that we do, and we only do like one or two a week on, on total, those we get paid for, so I just pay my writers for their time to, to help me write those. Gotcha. Do, do you mind sharing sort of ballpark for the aspiring writers out there, sure. like ballpark what someone might get paid to do something yeah. like that? It, like between, I mean, it depends on the site because usually they get so many people for free that it's they're not paying yeah. right now. But between two hundred fifty and three hundred fifty dollars an article for about uh, five hundred to seven hundred word article is what I'm getting. Awesome. But um, for me, it's like it pays for my writer's time. You know, it gives me some, a little bit of cash to like make it make sense. Then it's driving traffic. I'm more want yeah. the traffic and the leads, so that's all I care about. So you, you talk a lot about the content creation hubs, right? And are there are there some that will make more sense for someone's ideal audience than than, a, than another? Absolutely. I mean, we were doing a lead daily for a while, but it, we're seeing the traffic. It's not really coming in as much. So it's just like it doesn't make sense for the time, the energy. You know, Entrepreneur.com has been pretty consistent, driving a few thousand. Uh, hits every month consistently but it's like really qualified leads that come through and um, and then others drive more traffic for the podcast so I think you just got to test it out and, and make sure it's like the right fit go right for the sites that you read you know um, mm -hmm. that you're like this is the stuff that I want to know about go right for those sites and then see if try it for a month or two and if it's not driving the traffic you want it doesn't make sense and can it and how do you take people from either the written word or the podcast offline in other words how do you convert a listener into a subscriber or a follower what, what are some of your strategies around that from the podcast to signing up for like the newsletter or something or so exactly so if somebody downloads your podcast you have no idea who they are right exactly, I mean yeah. someone's listening to an episode you, you, that, there's no relationship there other than obviously they're you know you're in their ear right right it's a very intimate relationship but if you ever wanted to say hey this is something that I can help you with yeah. email, et cetera, you don't have that option. So, so how are you getting people 
from sort of that written voice audio world into the Lewis Howes world of, yeah. you know, seeing my emails. I'm constantly sending them to different offers. So uh, with the book coming out, I'm telling people to go to greatnessbook.com and opt in there if you want to be notified of behind-the-scenes stuff around the book marketing, the book launch. I'll send people to the show notes. So at the end of every episode, I'll say go to lewishouse.com slash the number of the show. And from there, I have opt-ins on my, my website where people can opt in to learn more. We'll do, we'll do sometimes where I'll have people text. I'll say text the word greatness to a specific number to get these notes, this specific insight, this exercise from today's episode. And uh, so I'm testing it all, and, uh, you know, they all work well. You just got to figure out what works, what works best for you. And what does your funnel look like? So somebody opts in for a free, like what, what's a typical hook for you? Like what, what's the ethical bribe, if you will? And then what's the ascension model? You know, <laughs> again, I'm not doing everything that I should be doing. Uh, so it's more just to sign up for my newsletter to get like free updates, essentially. It's not like a specific sign up for this five ways to generate whatever. Um, but there are some opt-ins on my site where it's sign up to learn more about top 10 ways to get uh, to make money online. We have different opt-ins for a free webinar, things like that. So we're trying to send people to different things to see what converts best. But mostly it's just sign up for my newsletter. And, um, and then they get an email once or twice a week with an update from the podcast and more behind-the-scenes stuff. And so, so your, your primary source of revenue is the webinar it's my course? courses. My courses, yeah, webinar course. I've got another course called Profitable Online Courses. Then I've got the School of Greatness Academy, which is a six-month program, which we're revamping now. So those three courses right now are the main revenue generators for my business. And, uh, and then the podcast sponsorships brings in a nice chunk of change. Then, you know, I do some consulting every now, now and then, and I charge ten grand an hour for entrepreneurs that are really trying to take the six figures to the seven-figure level. Speaking fees, you know, twenty-five grand a speech. Uh, I'm an investor in companies. I'm an advisor to companies that pay me on retainer just to like make intros for people and to help them with advice. So, you know, I do affiliate marketing. I'm doing. I'm constantly leveraging whatever I have to to generate money with it. Yeah, nice man. And and when you look at your life now, is it kind of like a pinch me? sort of thing man where you're just like I can't believe I'm getting paid as much as I am to do this and you get the lifestyle and you know what I mean is, is this a kind of a pinch me life at this point it kind of is man I, I you know I constantly reminded I'm just a, a you know a young kid from small town Ohio that literally just had a big dream my whole life to be an athlete and be somebody and, and make an impact in the world I had no clue how I was gonna do it I had zero confidence in myself up until about high school and even then, I struggled with a lot of insecurities. And, uh, you know, every year, I just learned so many valuable lessons and made a lot of mistakes. I just feel, like, so blessed for everything that's happened for me uh, in my life, even the bad stuff. It all happened for me, not to me. And, uh, you know, my, my biggest challenges have turned into some of the greatest blessings. And I've just tried to make the most of everything and be a good human being serve others in the best way possible and continue to grow yeah man and just uh you know if there's any other questions ladies and gentlemen now's the time to drop them in uh, i've only got one more question on my list and then we'll let lewis go if nothing else drops in here uh but the the final question i have for you man is who have been your biggest 
sources of influence over the years. Like, mm. there's, there's two or three people that you're really just like, man, you know, I have been so inspired and influenced by this person outside of your family, because I, I know you've got a close relationship yeah. with your family, but outside of that core group, and have you been able to develop a relationship with those people that, you know, you've really just been just so inspired by? Yeah, I mean, early on, uh, you know, seven and a half years ago, <clears throat> when I was just getting started after playing football, I was Tim Ferriss for sure was a big inspiration because I read his book. It's kind of what opened my mind to all this this world that was even I didn't even know was possible. So he was a big inspiration, and for you know three years I was trying to I was like stalking him and emailing him all the time, probably too much. But eventually <clears throat> met him in person and had kind of built a decent name for myself at that time, where he you know, was willing to, like, hang out with me and talk to me and, like, shoot the, shoot the shit with me a little bit. And so now we're pretty good friends, and I've added enough value and I think proven that I'm, you know, uh, I've given him a lot of value since then. So he was someone early on. I think Gary Vaynerchuk was also someone I was inspired by just because of his attitude and energy and his passion for, for business and entrepreneurship. So his level of content creation is an inspiration, how that guy creates content and redistributes and packages things. It's just really next level, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Tony Robbins, is a, you know, just as a kid growing up, hearing his stuff and being around that content was just took me out of my, you know, any negative state that I was ever in. It was like, okay, here's some answers on how to get to the next level. So yeah. those are some people that were pretty influential for me. Yeah, sweet. And interestingly enough, you now have relationships with all three of them. So how exactly, cool yeah, right? exactly, yeah. Um, all right, a couple quick questions. Do you believe college or the real world is the best route for a young adult? What, uh, you know, what, what, which path would you suggest at this moment? You know, uh, you know a lot of people are, are dissing college. You know, I see Gary Vaynerchuk talking about dissing college and things like that. But those four years for me, it was actually seven years, to be honest, because it took me a while to graduate. But I'm 16, but, man. You know, I, exactly. Yeah, they couldn't drag me out of there. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I got to leave? No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> those four years for me, you know, I developed so many skills. Even though I had zero skills that have translated into the business sense, like from class into business, zero skills from that. There was only one class I remember that added any value to me that I remember. Two classes. There was a leadership class I took that I really liked and then a sports marketing class that we like essentially got to pick a brand and, and package it and promote it and do like a whole marketing plan for it. And I used myself as the product to go to the NFL and how I was like pitching myself to NFL scouts and things like that. So it was cool for me to like learn about branding and marketing then. But other than that, every class was pretty much pointless for me because I just couldn't focus. However, <clears throat> the people skills and the communication skills that I learned in college from interacting with peers and professors and being on sports teams, <clears throat> those lessons and experiences are priceless for me. And sure, they were expensive lessons to have because school is pretty expensive, but that was worth it for me, those four years of being able to play sports, play at a high level, you know, compete in the playoffs and be on a top 10 team in the college and be an All-American in two sports. If I didn't go to college, I wouldn't have those experiences, and that, that's made me part of who I am today. So yeah. I don't think the education necessarily is worth it, the money, but I think the experiences are if you make the most of your time there. Yeah. 
Yeah, great point. I, uh, I, I have often been quoted as college is the single worst investment that a parent can make. Yes. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, if, you, if you're in it, you want to, I mean, if you know what you want to do, my answer to your question, man, is if you know what then you don't. want to do, you know, like you know you want to be an architect, you know you want to be yes. an engineer, you know you want to be a doctor, you've got to get that education. Otherwise, if you have no clue, yes. yeah, I mean, if you have no clue, it's not the place to try to figure it out. Go out in the real world, go exactly. work, go volunteer, go be an apprentice, you know, get out of that little small restricted circle that we all seem to be in when we grow up. Go out in the world, see what's what, and then when you're ready, yeah. go pursue the education that you want. Oh, and by the way, fucking pay for it yourself because then you'll actually exactly. do something with it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because <clears throat> my friend Shalene Johnson, who's a big podcaster as well, she, I was at her place. dropping, man. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, well, she, you know, she's a, she's a great person, and I was, at her, I was at her place a few months back doing a broadcast for something, and... She had one of her team members there who was like 19, who went to school for like one year as a freshman, and then did an internship for the summer with Shalene and her team, and then realized like, this is what I want to do. Like, I'm, I'm learning more now in this summer internship than I am in school for the whole first year. I'm just going to quit school and come work full-time for you. You know, at 19 or 20, she's got way more experience than any other 19 or 20-year-old, and then by the time she's 22 and she's supposed to graduate, She'll probably be like head of marketing for Shalene Johnson or something, and right. where the rest of her peers are two hundred thousand dollars in debt, have zero experience. Yeah. It's going to take two or three years to get off their feet now because they're still going to live at home. Now this girl's got her, you know, her shit together, and she's yeah. knows how to make money and build a business and do things on her own in the real world before her college mates have left their fraternities. You know. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, question about podcast, man. What topic? trends do you see coming up for podcasts and let me just add a little something else to that which is what is your vision of the future for podcasts in general so any topic trends uh that you can see out there in other words and i think the question is like is there something that people should consider maybe starting a podcast on and maybe i'm reading into that but obviously uh, michelle you can uh, answer that question for me if i'm not getting it correctly and then what do you see as the future of podcasting i think uh you know, what's worked in the last year or two is the high-level produced storytelling, like Serial. I don't know if anyone's listened to Serial. I haven't actually listened to an episode yet, but I just know how much people rave about it. And then, you know, Shalene Johnson has done, like, a Serial-style episodes where it's, like, it's almost like a mystery where there's all these different voices and people and conversations. <clears throat> I think those do really well, but that just takes a lot to produce. So what I would say is, High production value is what's going to separate most of the time. Unless you're a big influencer or a celebrity, you can get away with it. Like this Aisha yeah. person, it's probably like not the highest quality, but she it's got <laughs> she has huge celebrities on, so that's all that matters, and she's a host of shows or whatever. But differentiating yourself with high production value and also video, I think, is going to be powerful podcast video. So what I'm trying to do is just more recording, having high produced video quality recording it live, video and audio, so I can have two different mediums. Now, I post the videos on YouTube and then Facebook to tease it to get people to go back and click on the links to the iTunes. And some of the videos that I have on YouTube only have like a couple thousand views. So I'm like, ah, is it really worth it? But then there's some that have like 150,000 views or 100,000 views. Like the one with Jack Canfield, I think, has like close to 100,000 views. Tony Robbins has some around there. I did one with Eric Thomas that has 150,000 views. And... Um, People are discovering me from those videos as well. 
and it creates such a deeper association of prestige when you're in a video with an influencer like a Tony Robbins as opposed to just an audio. The visual that we have, the connection psychologically to seeing that automatically puts you a little bit closer to that person's level, whether you're you know on their level or not. It's just like the association is just a little bump. Yeah. And the more they see you with another influencer or celebrity or change maker of that level, it's like it constantly putting up a little bump closer and closer to that higher level so that people will trust you more, they'll like you more, and eventually sign up for your programs, your courses, your coaching, whatever is you're offering because that level of trust is so high. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And um, and just kind of addressing uh, the, the production quality question, that is one of the reasons why I do the podcast actually as a radio show in an actual radio production studio, full-fledged radio studio. And, you know, I mean, honestly, the production quality is so incredibly stellar. We can take calls. And then the question was, you know, well, how do you take it and then make it into a podcast? Right. You just literally take the MP3 file and you throw it in Audacity or you throw it exactly. in one of your favorite, you know, uh, audio editor, uh, you know, pieces of software, and then you upload it to your favorite host, like a Blueberry yeah. or you know whoever else you SoundCloud, you yes, SoundCloud, etc. Now things, you're going to show us a piece of equipment here. Yeah, one of the things I would say, you know, this is a camera I'm holding for people that are not watching. This is just you know 6D Canon, and uh, I use this for primarily video. Because so I'll have three camera video shoot, and I use this. My camera guy comes with two cameras, and he uses this one as a third. And I use this primarily for video. The 6D, the Canon 6D, is great for video, but also it takes great photos if you have a couple different lenses. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing a Periscope session the other day about the number one dif differentiator uh, of people who are in an industry and portraying themselves online, there's one thing that separates them from the rest of their competitors. In my mind, yes, you've got to be authentic, you've got to have great content, you've got to have all these different things, which if you're at a certain level, you've got to have all these things. But two people at the highest level with content and value and authenticity and consistency and all those things, the person who has the better design and better photos and better videos wins, in my yeah. mind because it's just a higher perceived value when they have great photos that are updated, that aren't two years old, that are constantly fresh and new. It makes you relevant. It makes you top of mind. It makes you feel like, oh, this person's like a celebrity because they have new photos constantly. And so I'm always investing in good photos, posting them on Facebook and Instagram and, and sharing them because I think it makes a difference when you have quality lifestyle professional photos. Yeah, for sure. And and I think to that and when you look at somebody like a Marie Forleo, I mean, one of the reasons why she's been able to absolutely crush it is because of the quality of the productions. I mean, yes. you know, she's not saying, I mean, look, I love her. She's great, but she's not saying anything that is tremendously different than anyone nope. else. No, nope. But she's investing in the production quality. You can see it on the site. You can see it in the videos. You can see it across her brand. Uh, and it, as you said, that's the winning combination. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah, and and, and it's, she's authentic and real with the information she shares, but it's nothing brand new. Yeah. It's just yeah. like my podcast is really nothing brand new either. It's just someone telling a story in a different way and a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and frankly, man, of, of the people that I know that are crushing it right now, uh, you are absolutely one of the most deserving by far, man, because I know how Thanks. hard you've worked to, to get here. 
And I know this hasn't, you know, been easy for you. I mean, what a lot of people don't know is, you know, you have, you know, your your own sort of learning disabilities, if yeah. you will, that's made things complicated for you over the sure. years. So for you to be able to do what you've done really just speaks to the power of perseverance, speaks Thank to the you. power of having a vision, uh, but also speaks to the person that you are. And, you know, honestly, man, from my perspective, it's, uh, it's just been really an honor and a privilege to have you here on Reinvention Radio in this special edition to be able to get to know you now uh, over the past, you know, little while. And, uh, and I'm happy to, to support you. And I know my community is happy to, to support you as well. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for acknowledging that and for sharing. And, you know, for those watching or listening, make sure to check out. If you're doing the event next year, make sure to, you know, sign up for the event that Steve does because I spoke there and it was awesome. A lot of influencers and great information. So make sure to sign up wherever they can to pre-order the early bird advance notice because it'll be worth it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, Internet Profits Live, the, the, the idea there uh, in terms of doing, the, it just I got to tell you, man, it's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of work, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm planning a big event next year. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it. it, it's exciting to, like, plan, but I'm also like, what, what am, what's the real purpose of this? Is it going to be worth it? Is it going to, you know, is it going to be profitable, or is it just going to be a year of work, and then it's over? Yeah. You know, so I'm trying to really make sure that it makes sense. Yeah. But um, I want to bring the community together in a big way, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, when you talk about adding value to others, I will put that out there right here, right now, which is if I can help you in any way with that any way, shape, or form, obviously, uh, you know, keep me in mind. I'm happy to help. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys, check out The School of Greatness, the podcast. Go out and get the book, The School of Greatness. Go to greatnessbook.com, lewishouse.com, H-O-W-E-S-L-E-W-I-S-H-O-W-E-S, lewishouse.com. And if you're not following this man's work, then you're sleeping, and, uh, and you need to be uh, checking out what he's doing. So thanks so much, really, man, for being on Reinvention Radio today. And we'll I appreciate talk, it. Uh, really soon. There's greatnessbook.com right there on your screen right now. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio.